Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Thinking Aloud About Film. Today we're going to talk about Streetwalker, a film directed by Matilda Landeta, who is the third woman in Mexican film history to have directed a film. And uh, she's the first woman to have directed more than one film. So this is historically a very fascinating film. And I think also uh, a very pleasant film to watch. Uh, Richard, what did you think? Really enjoyed it. As you say, it's fascinating that it's directed by a woman because I, I think she brings things to this story. I mean, it's, it's a film about, about prostitutes, a group of prostitutes. And I, I think the woman's perspective on that is 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 very different to what you'd have got from a male director, particularly a Mexican male director, I think. But yeah, it's a very enjoyable film. It, it's slightly trashy in places, um, very campy, I think. It's more than slightly trashy. It's, it's, it's very trashy and actually not trashy enough in a way. I have mixed feelings about this film. I, I enjoyed it very much. I think its point of view is, is very distinctive. And I'd actually like to defend it against some of the feminist critiques that I've been seeing online. I mean, there's very little on the film online, you know, but one of the arguments is that, you know, the director uh, claimed, you know, that she was siding with the street uh, walkers uh, and that the film is not as empathetic to them as it could be or not understanding enough of the situation as it could be that, you know, the women find no redemption except, you know, in God. Uh, and I think that that's too modern a perspective on the film. This film is from 1951, you know, you, and, and it's Mexico. A streetwalker in 1951 in Mexico would only have been able to find redemption in God, you know. I mean, it's, there, there wasn't going to be a happy way out for these women. I think the film is truly radical for its time. I mean, it might not be any longer, but for its time, I think it's really radical in the way that it so clearly positions marriage as equivalent to prostitution. So the film posits two sisters, one of whom was cheated by a man and ended up a streetwalker, and the other one who... Uh, decides to marry for security and and social standing. And the film does absolutely make the selling of themselves equivalent. In the film's eyes, they're both prostitutes. The other side of that is that it kind of equates the pimp with the rich husband as yeah. well, you know, that essentially they're both pimps. It's a very radical film as well in that there isn't a single good man in this film. Men always exploit women, they use them, they beat them, they abandon them, and they have all the power. And the only people who really take care of women when they need it are other women. So I think, you know, that is quite a radical position to me for a film in 1951, right? That it doesn't conceive of sex work as we might now do so, or as some of us might now do so. I'm sure not all of us would do so. Uh, is, you know, too much to ask of this particular film from this time. Yeah. I very much liked the use of music throughout, or the way that these boleros, these kind of sad songs of love, you know, are woven through the film. Because it seems to me that love is the culprit. It's sort of doomed love affairs that got the streetwalker sister into 
her situation and also that gets the the other sister into her terrible situation at the end of the film as well uh, i guess we perhaps with saying a little bit about the plots you should play, um, yeah. two sisters one is a streetwalker one is married to a rich banker they meet again after some years there's a pimp who so the the, the pimp of the streetwalker is also planning to swindle a rich woman and, and the, so the streetwalking sister knows that he's going to swindle a rich woman she doesn't know that the rich woman he's going to swindle is actually her sister these two parallel plots go on and it's only really at the end of the film that the that the sisters realize that you know they're, they're, they're both involved with the same man and you know actually uh, the patriarchy is in control of of everything you know the husband knows what's going on he's he's just you know letting the letting his wife destroy herself and, and meanwhile in kind of interspersed with this you get this, this plot about the group of the streetwalkers who are all kind of supporting each other it's quite oddly structured because there's a whole lengthy sequence where you, you've had this whole plot about the two sisters and the swindler and then it kind of forgets about that for an extended period because one of the streetwalkers gets tb and, and is slowly dying the the other prostitutes gather around to support her and help her and which is a very very moving scene it sort of distracts all the characters all the streetwalker characters from the plot of the film for about 10 20 minutes and then we get back to the climax it's an interesting film it, it is quite campy and quite trashy i mean there's a hilariously overextended scene where the two sisters meet and and explain this like utterly ridiculous backstory at at huge length you know about their lives for the last 40 years and things like this but it but it is a, it's, it's a fascinating watch i thought that visually it wasn't very exciting i mean i think what this film has that draws attention is a female perspective on sex and marriage really and also a great mistrust of the notion of love love is the culprit here or love as conceived by these women this idea of romantic love that you give up everything for your man and follow him anywhere is actually what ruins these women's lives really both of theirs i think the film has you know a very interesting kind of perspective on it and the actresses are both fascinating as sisters. I love the music as well, right? So it's kind of it's those three things that I think make the film distinctive. You can really tell it's a film directed by a woman. We're obviously not making a claim for this film being, you know, great cinema or anything, but it's a fun watch. I mean, it's a completely gripping, engaging watch. It has a lot of, there are a lot of pleasures to, to watching this this film, even if in, at some points you're perhaps watching it in the same way that you would watch, you know, I don't know, Dynasty or something like that, you know, in, in a slightly campy way. You know, the, the, the confrontation of the two sisters in the backstory really just reminded me of something out of, a, out of an American soap opera um, or, or presumably a telenovela. It's a fun watch. And, and actually, it's perhaps worth also saying it's part of a season on movie called Spectacle Every Day, The Many Seasons of Mexican Popular Cinema. And, five films they're all from the 50s and 60s they're all kind of genre type films it's also worth saying this is a because we, we've just to kind of re return to our whinges about uh ritrovato in bologna the, this is a season that was shown at the uh locarno film festival this year 
a selection from those screenings at Locarno have now been made available made available on Mubi. And so it's the kind of effort to sort of disseminate this stuff more widely that it has not been happening in the last couple of years with with Bologna, but is happening with with some other festivals like the Carnival, like Pordenone, etc. Mm. Mm. We might also say a few words about uh, Matilde uh, Landetta because she is a director I'd like to know more about. Uh, you know, just from a cursory look online, it seems that you know she's someone who was very determined to be a filmmaker, uh, who got trained as a script supervisor and. She was a first assistant director to Gabaldon and Emilio Fernandez and all the Mexican greats of the golden age, but who really had to fight to be allowed to direct a film. The barriers were put up even by the union to allow her to direct. It just underlines how what she was doing in 1951 really was so radical. So here's a woman who was barely allowed to direct the film, who had to fight very, very hard to be allowed to direct it, who wrote it and so on, who makes this film with quite a radical statement and who now, looking back, some people are finding, oh, well, it's not radical enough. And I suppose it's the kind of criticism that uh, is ahistorical and really annoys the hell out of me. I'm just basing this on, on Wikipedia, but she, th this was her third film. After this one, she wasn't able to make another film until 1991. Uh, and this is all down to, you know, people refusing to back her, people actively trying to block her from making films, and, you know, purely because she was a woman. The best quote in the Wikipedia article is about her childhood. Growing up in San Luis, she would play theatre with her brother and friends, going so far as to hitting the other children if they didn't memorise their lines. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's, that's how she knew she was born to be a director. <laughs> It's a very interesting film because she clearly has a great facility with the actors. I think the casting is not so great. I can't understand the appeal of Rodolfo the pimp. He's not that good looking and he's so slight and unthreatening. And, you know, you could imagine that role being cast better. But then, you know, this was a, a low budget production. So it has weaknesses of casting, some very good performances. I really love the two women, uh, Miroslava and Elba Peralta as the sisters. Yes. I thought uh, kind of they were wonderful. And I really actually love that whole, well, what you think of as a structural imbalance, which is a structural imbalance, is that whole other subplot about the other prostitute dying. Actually, I love that because, you know, it kind of underlined the fate of women, <laughs> right? You know, because here's this woman who was like chased after by colonels and, you know, she was like uh, in a certain day, in Mexico, everyone knew her. Yes, she was like the grand horizontal of Mexico, whatever. And then, of course, you know, her youth faded. She fell in love with this schmuck who stole all her money, and she ended up walking the streets, right? And that almost seems to be the fate of any woman who doesn't toe the line, yeah, is early death, illness, prostitution. <laughs> yes, it's like, you know, which you could say, oh, it's a lack of imagination. Or you could also say, well... Maybe this is a world that didn't have many options for women outside of a convent or marriage. If you have a doomed love affair, then you're going to end up as a streetwalker. That's what happens to the one sister. It's implied that might be what's going to happen to the, to the other sister at the end of the film. I do think that um, it's kind of a radical 
yeah, critique that the film offers uh, for its time. And also, I found it emotionally accessible. I do think that the characters as written are pretty one-dimensional. I mean, you know, here's a beautiful woman who's intelligent. Why is she so stuck on this skinny non-entity, really? Yeah, like, it kind of it doesn't make sense to me, really. The film lacks nuance in terms of this conceptualization of people and of love and of circumstance. You know, but nonetheless, yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's a, a bit dynasty-ish. If you, if you allow yourself to get caught up in that realm of artificial feeling, yeah, it can be quite seductive. This is a, a setup that you could imagine being a, you know, a long-running telenovela. You know, yeah, for that sure. you you would you would have all the backstory um, portrayed on the screen, and then oh my God, she's a streetwalker now, and, and then they meet again. It's um, so it's so high concept, right? Yeah. Two, two sisters fight over a man. One ends up on the streets. The other one sells her soul for money and position, right? And, <laughs> and they continue to kind of catfight for the rest of their lives. Like, yeah. You can get a lot of plot out of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so mixed feelings, I guess. I think it's a film that anyone interested in women making movies absolutely has to see. A woman making this kind of movie at that time, and it, it would have been relatively rare in in Britain or America. Yeah, too. Anywhere, I mean, really. there are there are examples, you know, like Muriel Box and Ida Lupino and people like that. But but yeah, in terms of a woman in Hollywood making this kind of noir drama, there are some, but they're not there aren't many. So I think it's a must see because because it's a woman who directed it on this topic. Uh, and then I also think it's a very entertaining must see, right? But if you're interested in women filmmaking or if you're interested in Mexican cinema, yeah, this is like a must-see film, yeah, for, for any of those reasons. And then it's a bonus that it is so entertaining, even if it's not quite great or good, in fact. <laughs> you know, we recommend that everyone see it, really. Uh, it's not a great film, but it's a film that will give you a lot to talk about and think about, and that you know, for those of you interested in cinema, becomes kind of a building block to broader kinds of knowledges. Uh, so, so we highly recommend. Um, thank you very much for listening. We're thinking a lot about film. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.